Well, that didn't last long. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, so check out Sleeper today. It's currently operational in over 30 states. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granado. Steve... Happy Friday. Um, they mm-hmm. won one game. I'll Yay. say this. I'll say this before we start. Really? They're fighting. The last two yeah. days they fought. I'll right. Take that. I'll take yes. that. Uh, thank you guys so much for clicking on the show. You guys know what day it is. It's Friday, which means it's fan mail Friday, which means you run the show. We have a whole bunch of questions to get to later on in the show, ranging from Glaber Torres to the front office to Austin Wells. We have a whole bunch of stuff to get to. That's later on in the show. First, Stacey, the Yankees lost the series two of three to the Nationals. We talked about it. The Nationals have been playing good baseball lately, so this isn't extremely surprising. Maybe this is, however, 10 straight series without a series victory for the Yankees. Last time they did win a set was July 21st through 23rd against the Kansas City Royals. So it's been over a month since a series victory. Of course, there were a couple splits in there as well. Uh, they're 6-15 and 15 in their last 21 games since the start of August 1st. That's the second worst record in baseball in that span. So things are going great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing that is going great, Stacey Aaron Judge is playing out of his mind right now. Last two games have been incredible. Another homer yesterday. Yeah, that was um, kind of hilarious because you kind of felt it, you know, it felt like Wednesday night was kind of a turning point for him and because he had been quiet and yeah, just another home run. He made a really good defensive play, nailing another Washington runner at second. That was the theme what, of what the was series. going on there. Guys, stop running. <laughs> I wish oh, I sorry. could have bet on how many outs were going to be made at second during the series by the Washington Nationals because or at least had like five dollars for every play because it yeah. there were a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think FanDuel <laughs> has it that that minuscule. I know they really yeah. go in, but yeah, yeah. that's that's intense. Uh, yeah, but I mean, four bombs uh, in the set, of course, back-to-back games. He goes three on on uh, the second game, and of course, yesterday afternoon hits the solo shot to open up the scoring. Yankees ended up losing six to five in it. Uh, wasn't for lack of trying offensively from the guys you want to be doing things. Judge goes one for four with that homer. He does walk as well. Stanton, massive game for Giancarlo. Stanton, four for five, hits a solo shot. He also brings in another one with an RBI single. And then Glaber, two-run shot in the bottom of the third to give him the lead at that point. Like, the offense, uh, yes, five runs isn't, like, blow you out of the water. But, I mean, go Stanton with a four-hit game. Glaber goes deep. Judge goes deep. I mean, that's that's the way everyone drew it up when we're coming out of spring. Yeah, those are the guys that you expected to hit the ball. If Rizzo were healthy, you'd expect him to hit the ball. And it was good to see those three guys in the middle of everything. Um, One thing I do want to mention, Everson Pereira, a double for his first hit in the majors. Yeah, Yeah. good for him. That was a good moment. Trying to get that off his shoulders uh, Mm -hmm. for his first nine, I believe. Yeah. Um, But he is able to get that done. Stacy, on the pitching front, we had... uh, conjured that Michael King would start and he ended up starting 
two and two thirds gives up a hit and unearned run, a pair of walks and three strikeouts. Uh, would you call this a start or are you still thinking this was an opener? I think that was more of an open. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's still it, an it open. A, it seemed a bit of an audition type because yeah. they elected to go with it this time. Could have easily just let Brito start, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how it continues to advance. I, I'm very intrigued by this, and I don't think it's a bad idea. I really don't. I think Michael King could be a decent starter. Um, remiss if we didn't bring up Keenan Middleton. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've said his name since he got traded Tra- to the Yankees. <laughs> since we were doing the live stream and thinking, yeah, that's the move Keenan they're Middleton? making? Yeah. yeah. Still, that question still lingers, but... You can't argue with how he has played for the Yankees. He goes an inning and a third with three Ks yesterday. How about this? The numbers, nine games for Keenan, 11 innings, four hits, only one run, three walks, and 14 strikeouts in about a month of baseball, That or just over three weeks. I mean, that is stellar. That's stellar yeah. numbers. Yeah, because he his numbers, when we looked at them, when he came over, you're thinking, mm, okay. This is an interesting move, but maybe the change of scenery has helped because I know some things were going on in the clubhouse over there in Chicago and some guys were talking about it and maybe he just feels more relaxed. But it's kind of funny because he came over to a team that's falling off a cliff and he's pitching this well. So he's one of the bright spots in a not so bright month of August for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, he's had some good stretches. He's had some bad stretches throughout his career. He's kind of a a up and down pitcher throughout his major league career. Uh, You know, catching him on and up here. Uh, mm-hmm. Brito goes two and a third stace, gives up a hit and an earned run with two strikeouts. Did Aaron Boone pull him too early? Yes. I mean, in <laughs> hindsight, yes. But at the time, were you thinking that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I knew where he was going to go. And I thought, mm, this isn't going to work out well. I. It's so funny how some of us watching the game can feel things before they happen because I wasn't the only one who felt this way. And, uh, I don't know. Just it's just the way the season's going. Yeah, uh, he brings in Canely there. Man, tough series for Tommy Canely. Two thirds of an inning, three hits, three earns. Gives up a couple of homers, two strikeouts to get those two outs. In the two games he pitched in in this set, he takes both losses. Uh, ends up going in inning and two thirds, four earned, three bombs. That was a nightmare series for Tommy Canely. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know what he's going to shave next to snap that nightmare because, you know, he does a lot of weird things. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, I hope he doesn't shave his head. That that would be weird. Let's let's not do that. But um, he's got to figure out what's going on because it's the change up that seems to be the problem. Yeah, it's really, really struggling right now. Uh, Clay Holmes kind of struggled to get that last out, ended up giving up what ended up being the winning run. Uh, weirdly enough. So that clearly was not the place he wanted to go there. Um, I mean, he had another ball hit back to him. That was a tough play. It was raining. It was off the end of the glove. Yeah, that was a tough play. Um, Oswald couldn't glove it at third. Tough play as well. So it's just wasn't in the cards. Just wasn't in the cards. And we've said it a thousand times. Stop me if you heard this before. They have to be perfect in order to win. And they were not perfect on Thursday. Um, Stacy. I'm rarely perfect. Nay, I'm never perfect. <laughs> and I think we're going to find that out again. We made po- bold predictions before the series started. Let's see who was right and who was wrong. What's your bold prediction? Which direction are you, which direction are you taking? Rodone goes six innings and only gives up two runs. 
So you're staying positive. You're staying positive. I'm going to go on the negative side for the first time this year. Mm. I've never done this. I've never done this. Every day is no. I've never done this. Yankees get shut out in two of these three games. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do something else new. Uh-oh. I'm going to wager a half a point. So <laughs> if I get that correct, I win 1.5 points. Okay. I'm going to wager. If I'm incorrect, I lose half a point. I was really feeling it. I was really feeling it at that time. I almost got one shutout if it weren't for Ben Rortfett hitting that solo shot in the opener. But Stacy, mm -hmm. I was close. <laughs> you were, he did better than predicted for you. Six innings, one run for Carlos mm -hmm. Rodon. That yep. is, that's the best bold prediction of the year, I think. <laughs> save, save our subtexter the other day, calling yeah. for three judge homers. But I mean, that, I think that was your best work. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And with my wager and me losing <laughs> half a point, Stacy, you have a pretty wide lead now. Four <laughs> to two. You lead the bold prediction scoreboard 4.0 to 2.0. And I am I'm the Yankees right now. I'm falling off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can do it. I mean, this is this is the risk you take with bold predictions. Yeah, that's just, yeah, I, but I'm quickly learning that you are becoming the master and I'm yet the young Padawan once more. I was so good at the beginning of the season or beginning of when we started doing this a couple months ago and then I fell off a cliff. <laughs> it was once I called Vol Volpe to Homer twice in one game. That was when I really, because I got like the first like three and mm -hmm. then here I am, here I am. I'm on a losing streak. It hasn't reached nine yet, but I'm on a losing yeah. streak. <laughs> uh, hey, leave us your bold predictions in the comment section here today for the Rays series, which starts this weekend. You can listen to that on SiriusXM. As you guys already know, download the SiriusXM app today. While you're in that comment section, of course, you can always leave questions for Fan Mail Friday, which we are going to do next. We'll have our subtexters first. They get priority on Fan Mail Friday. So stick around for a couple of really good questions. Want the chance to win more money with fewer picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports, it's about building personal connections and lasting memories. I'm Staceface826, if you'd like to connect with me over there. With Sleeper, predict the hottest baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and much more to cash in on your daily fantasy baseball skills. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download Sleeper in your app store and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. It's currently operational in over 30 states. So check out Sleeper today. Back here on Locked on Yankees, it is Fan Mail Friday, as everybody knows here, Stacey. Uh, we have to get to some questions. Of course, subtexters get priority on Fan Mail Friday. That's what we do around these parts. And thank you to all our new subtexters. We had a couple of them here this week. We really appreciate it. If you want to check out subtext, you can have one-on-one -on -one text conversations with Stacey and myself. You also get roster moves. 
and uh you know in-game thoughts you get breakdowns of Luis severino when i'm watching him and things like <laughs> that so uh sign up for subtext of course again it is free for 14 days check out the episode description to find that these are our subtexters questions stacy this is coming from eric and i feel like this has a different feel to it now mm. asking us would you sign glaber to a long-term deal man stace I'm a, I'm a, I'm in a, a state of limbo right now with this one. I don't know how you feel, but Glaber long-term deal. What do you think? I'm in the same boat. Cause I'm thinking the same thing. I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I love Glaber. I really do. And I think he's great and he's a solid player for them. And I just don't know because there's so many things in question for next season and the season after because of things that have happened in previous seasons we don't know how the team's going to look um you know we could be in a downtrend here for a little bit because there might not be anything the yankees can do to fix the team in the short term and i don't know how smart it would be to sign him to a long-term deal but i mean personally as a yankee fan i love labor and i, I don't want to see him go anywhere else but business-wise i'm not sure what the move would be long-term is subjective here as well true <laughs> so six seven absolutely not that's no not, that's definitely like, not if you're thinking that as long term no three to four three. i don't hate i don't hate that either he, i was thinking three four would yeah. provide you with really good depth and give you a good problem to have right as in let's say fulpy sticks oswald hits and cabrera's still in the mix then you still have Trey Sweeney coming up. Mm. You know, you have Andres Shaparo. So <laughs> there are guys that still are giving you options, but Glaber, who has been healthy this year, yeah, gives you a potential like mainstay in your lineup. And even if he's, you know, other guys battle out and take those positions, Glaber is still a really, really good bench option. So yeah. I, and I, you know, he could. You know, I know he sticks mostly at second, so that's what kind of makes it a little tougher. But you could always teach him a little bit of third. You could always maybe try and slide him over to short to to fill in on occasion. Like you get by with Glaber, and I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, yeah. If you're not going to trade him, I'm not mad at having him stick around. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the health thing because I was thinking the same thing before you said it. I was like, and he's been healthy too. He's been one of the more durable guys. <laughs> on yeah, this team yeah, it's kind of <laughs> kind of crazy kind of crazy mm -hmm. uh thank you eric for your question this next one is coming from albert a new subtexter uh so Welcome. much so that this was like <laughs> the first or second text they sent us albert saying happy to be aboard what do you think the chances are that sean casey is the hitting coach next season stacy sean casey stick around there's a better chance of me being the hitting coach in 2024 than sean casey because I don't think Aaron Boone's sticking around. So I don't think Sean Casey would be sticking around either. I think there's going to be a lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm kind of getting at as well that um, you're thinking it might, it, it could go as, in many directions as how um, intense this becomes because it could go all the way to Cashman is gone, new mm. GM, new coaching staff, new front office. It could go that far. Will it? TBD, yeah. maybe not likely, but still possible. 
Um, so, you know, like they said, they're going to be looking internally at everything, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think Sean Casey couldn't be the, the right. hitting coach next season. I don't think that's the case. Right. Uh, cause you know, they, they did semi sing the praises of it. Cashman did the other day saying like, oh, well he does have a good connection with the players, yada, yada, yada. So maybe that builds and, and works. I don't know. Um, but as far as him, you know, chances, if I'm putting a number on it, uh, I'll put 20%, 25%, somewhere <laughs> around there, somewhere yeah. around there. Thank you, Albert, for your question. This is our last one from our subtexters here today. Stacy. this is coming from Mike, who is also new. Thank you, Mike, for joining Subtext. I really appreciate it. Saying, hey, Steve and Stacy, just started listening this year. Y'all are great. You're, you're great, Mike. Uh, Fan Mail Friday, what are your thoughts on jerseys with names on the back? Would you only wear the authentic no-name jersey or indifferent to them both? Stacy? I have thoughts on this one, but I'll let you go first. Names on the back of jerseys, yes or no? No. No. I don't like the ones with the names on the back. It's not how the uniform is. Uh, I wear the, whatever they call them, the shirts with the names on the back. Shirsies, they're yeah. Te- yeah, shirsies. I'll wear that, but no. No, I know. It's so obnoxious. And I understand there's a price difference and everything, which is why I don't own a bunch of jerseys because they're way too expensive for me to, you know, buy a ton of them. Um but yeah, no, I don't like the names on the back because that's just not the way the uniform is. If the uniform had names on the back, yes, of course I would. But no, that's not how, you know, and I like if I wore a 25, people would think I was wearing it for Glaber Torres, even though I was probably wearing it for Jason Giambi. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to expand that question out. However, should they have the names on the back of the jerseys on the field then? I think they should have at least one version of the uniform, maybe not the home pinstripes, but I feel like they need to expand the road uniforms. And my brother and I have had conversations about this, but I feel like they could do the Navy top with the New York and the gray pants like they do during spring training. Some version of that would be really cool. Uh, like, I feel like they need to have more versions of the road jersey. Yeah, I hate the grays. I hate the grays. I think like they need to get with it. Like just, like, just do something different. And, you know, we're in the 2020s now, guys. Like, let's yeah, all do grays something. Are terrible hate them i hate them flat out hate those jerseys i think they're <laughs> bargain bargain bin jerseys they're just boring they're it's bo- like even if they did the the same new york on the road but navy it would look so it would be so much better burn them hate them <laughs> hate them road grays ugly I, and just in general i don't like road grays at all i i typically really despise road grays uh in in every uniform across baseball um yeah, I, I, I'll I'll buy that. Don't on the pinstripes, okay? If you want to keep one clean look, but we'll see. Does the city connects have it? That mm. is interesting. Well, they because think about the whole the the Red Sox home jersey, like the white jersey that they normally wear. They don't have yeah. names on the back either. Yeah. And I, as much as I'm a Yankee fan and don't like the Red Sox, red is my favorite color. And if I didn't despise the Red Sox so much, I would wear a Red Sox jersey because I love the font. I love the numbers on the back. I just love that uniform so much. See, Don't kill me I'm for anti, saying that. But. I'm anti that. I'm anti that. I want names on the back of those jerseys. That drives me crazy. The pinstripes, <laughs> I understand. It gets a little busy. I get that. Yeah. Um, but 
Oh, we could go for hours. This is maybe this is an <laughs> off season one. This is an off season one. We'll see you here in a month. Yeah. Um, thank you so much to our subtexters again. You can join subtext. We have now our YouTubers. This one's coming from Vincent M. Durham, sixteen ninety five. Will anybody be held accountable for the failure of the two thousand twenty three season, or will business will be business as usual? Love the podcast, by the way. Thank you, Vincent. We love you, Stacy. Accountability, short supply these days around all the baseball. Is anybody going to be held accountable? Mm, I don't think the right people will be. That's think, the answer. Yeah, I don't think the right people will be held accountable. I think you're going to see like Boone go, and it's going that he's again like Dylan Lawson was the scapegoat. <laughs> Aaron Boone's going to be the scapegoat, and I feel like they brought Cashman out this week to speak about this stuff as a way for them to say. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's accepting this. He's not going anywhere. And he's going to be the one to turn things around, even though he's the one that made it the way it is. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not mm -hmm. wrong. Uh, thank you guys for your questions. We appreciate it. We have more questions. We're going to step aside one more time. Let's get to a couple of more before the end of the week. Back here on Locked On, Yankees. Don't forget Yankees and Rays now meeting at the Trop, Stacy's favorite ballpark in all of baseball. This weekend starts tonight on SiriusXM. You can listen, download the SiriusXM app today. All right, we got a couple more questions before we get out of here on this Friday. This one's coming from YouTube at Sid4RE. You said, specifically talking to me, Earlier this year, Austin Wells was still two to three years away from being a regular in the lineup. Do you still believe this? I'm going to still stick with yes here. And hmm. I'm going to go ahead and point to how the Yankees have operated. Remember the reason why I said Wells was two to three years away from being a regular in the lineup was because of the contracts that are in front of him. This is with the caveat, of course, as it always is, that this is how you anticipate things to go. If people get hurt, then <laughs> Austin Wells is the next guy, of course. Uh, but the way that Higgy and Trevino's contracts are with still a couple of years left on them, that's why I think you're not going to see regular Wells playing time. He would have to really leapfrog. He'd have to leapfrog Ben Rortfett, which you're not putting it however many weeks it's been. Yeah, he's betting 100. Yeah, it's only been a couple of weeks. Relax. <laughs> Uh, so he'd have to leapfrog Rortfett in order for that to happen. Is, am I going to put that away from him? No. But there are still some defensive questions about Austin Wells behind the plate, which, look, I don't think Rortfett's the next Yadier Molina or anything here, um, but he's a solid catcher. So uh, as far as that is concerned, Wells would have to leapfrog in a big way, either offensively has to be no question, there's no way you can't put this guy in the lineup, or his defense has to improve, uh, not, I'm not gonna say drastically, but like at a good margin in order for you to be like, okay, he's the better option than Ben Rortfett. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just a bit of a log jam and without injuries, that's why I say that. So I'm going to go ahead and stick strong with that one. Uh, thank you for asking that question. This one's now coming from at Max Paff. I believe this is a new question person. Uh, Stacy asking us, if the Yankees were to fire Cashman, the consensus is he would become a GM elsewhere very quickly. However, could you see another team offer Boone a managerial role? I have a feeling that he would land back as a commentator. Uh, Stacy, one, I'm going to say, I don't know if uh, where the general consensus you're pulling that from is, but I mean, you know, Brian Cashman has 
made mistakes. There is no denying there are mistakes made. Uh, So I don't know if it would be like the second he left. All right. He walks into the Cleveland front office. Um, Right. But that's besides the point. Uh, How do you see that in Aaron Boone's favor, Stace? Do you think Boone would get another managerial job quickly? I mm, no. I feel like it might be like a situation where he could be a commentator for a bit there. Um, uh, But you never know, because, I mean, there are teams that are probably going to be looking for managers at the end of the season. Um, But I don't know. I don't feel like one of them. Right. I don't feel like it's I don't know. I don't feel like it's going to be right away. Yeah, there's a couple of teams that are. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals try to switch things up again mm. uh, after how bad this season has gone. Um, again, the Angels. Um, you never know. You never know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past Boone to find another managerial job by next yeah. season. Yeah. Because we've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, he's made mistakes and, and we don't agree with everything he's done, but I don't think he's a terrible manager by any stretch. Um, he's had a really, really rocky road this season and he's managed it. I mean, a lot of teams would be a lot worse than four under. (laughs) I'll say that much. That's true. (laughs) Uh, When you only score one run a game, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him also become like a third base coach or something in that regard. Right. Take the Ron Washington route. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at that either, especially for like a shorter thing. And then he's always looking for the managerial role again. I, I wouldn't be. Yeah. Cause he has friends all around baseball. And if someone needs him to come in and join their staff or something and be some sort of like a bench coach or some sort of either yeah. first base, third base, something like that, I could see that happening too. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Thank you, Max Paff, for your question. This is our last one for the day. This is coming from a regular at Jonah Burks. Should the Yankees go into the 2024 season with two rookie outfielders or should the Yankees go after Bellinger? With around $65 million coming off the books, Bellinger could be had. Belly could transition to first to make room in the outfield when Dominguez is ready. Stacy, this isn't a terrible idea. Uh, no. Bellinger, as we've mentioned, does have the option. Uh, I believe it's a mutual. Don't quote me on that. I think he has a mutual or a club or something. He does have some sort of option uh, for 2024. So it's not a foregone conclusion that he is a free agent in 2024. Um, but let's say he is for this question. I, I don't hate this idea. I, I, I think, I mean, the way his bat has played this year would be a massive boon. He's a left-handed bat. He could play multiple positions. He could play center field. Um, he could play left field. He could play first base. There's a lot of upside with Bellinger. How are you feeling about what Jonah Burks is saying? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Because all I think of is left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium. Because on Wednesday, Bryce Harper hit a home run that tied the game against the Giants. And all I saw was his left-handed swing. And I thought to myself, that would look so good at Yankee Stadium. And I feel the same way with guys like Cody Bellinger, plus the whole play Bellinger thing and it would be kind of fun if he came to the Yankees just because of his dad's role in the dynasty uh I mean it wasn't a big role but everyone remembers Clay Bellinger so I think it could be fun and uh the fact that he can play a few positions would actually really help yeah I wouldn't uh, again it's a it's a little bit of a gamble you don't know if it's going to carry past this season I think of guys like Trey Mancini you know he yeah. has an incredible comeback season then he kind of falls off a cliff and then He's not playing anywhere right now. So uh, things like that can happen, have happened, and will continue to happen. Is Cody Billinger the next to fall victim to that? We don't know. Um, But we'll see. There's a lot of upside to that bat, but there is a certain downside. You know that much because when it's bad, it is 
bad. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I, I also don't hate going to rookie alpha. This again, we've talked about Jason Dominguez ad nauseum this week alone. We've talked about him like three different times. Uh, so I, I, I feel like that would be a pretty quick rush to the majors. If he starts the season in 2024 with the big club, let alone in center field, I feel like they need some sort of stop gap in the outfield to help out before Dominguez is ready. So that's how I think about that. Let us know how you feel about that down below here on YouTube. Of course, Fan Mail Friday. Every Friday, you guys run the show. Thank you guys so much for all your questions. We really appreciate them. And sorry we can't get to all of them. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, for the everydayers out there, don't forget, coming up on Monday, Miners Monday. Man, we've been talking about the minor leagues a lot recently. And we're going to keep doing that on the show on Monday. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. And that's going to do it for another week and another episode of Locked on Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you on Monday.